And hey there, hi there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of UofL women's athletics. And we certainly have some very exciting things to talk about today. Also, unfortunately, an item or two that isn't quite as exciting, but we'll certainly get to all of them today. And golly, golly, look over the hedge, Molly. We have a full crew in here today. That's right. All five of the Cardinal Couple participants in the website and stuff are on board today to help out with this broadcast. So, uh, hey, we got five. We might as well play golf and I'll be the caddy for the rest of you. How does that sound? <laughs> We're going to be a while if you're waiting on me to finish our round. <laughs> That's okay, Jeff. Putt-putt is a simple sport to pick up. <laughs> You'll be fine. I can do putt-putt. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not beat around the bush, honey. Let's jump right on into it with our introductions here. We got Case in the house today. Case wrote our article today at Cardinal Couple, and certainly a fine job on Louisville's volleyball win. What is going on, Case, in your world? Oh, not much. Uh, just like I mentioned just before we got on, uh, went to a work Christmas party last night uh, for Lindsay's work. Um, had a good time. Couldn't keep up with the volleyball match at all uh, outside of some of the texts that I was getting from you all. But I wouldn't have been able to watch it if I was at home anyway because I don't have ESPN+. Plus. But uh, other than that, it's uh, it's nice to be in December. Birthday month is here. It is indeed the 12th month of our year, and, and certainly we're getting into the heyday of women's basketball now with a lot of things going on, and uh, a very interesting NCAA volleyball tournament unfolding this as well. So this should be fun to watch. Daryl in the house. Well, this Daryl accompanied me to the Louisville game against Ohio State a couple of evenings ago. Had that article to kind of surmise that uh, Cardinal effort. Uh, what else is going on, Daryl? That was uh, you, you're lucky you left when you did because you for, you did not get to see the Avalanche. I know. You said it's a close game. You sure you don't want to stick around? And then all of a sudden, it wasn't anymore. So, yeah, I'm still getting um, situated at my new job, and just wanted to get. Um, started on that piece so I head home right around the nine minute mark of uh, the fourth quarter where all things went to crap but um, you know this this team is just still learning itself and it, it's not last year's team and, and it takes a few games to get under their feet um, it was Haley Van List's return to the floor so just some adjustments that need to be made nothing that Coach Wall says that isn't um, attainable and we'll just see how they improve from that loss um i'm chilling this weekend and um doing christmas decorations and presents and whatnot and um lulu's outside the door right now meowing because she has so much to say about the volleyball match last night (laughs) (laughs) and i think it was certainly we can refute any rumors of the fact that when the team saw you get up and leave the arena at the end of the third quarter they <laughs> fell into a deep dark, dark depression and just decided we're not going to play anymore because Daryl left what do we else do we come on you know seriously yeah Casa uh, was like oh, she's gone no more good luck what you didn't see is when Liz came over and pounded the table in front of me and said where is she bring her back go get her I see where the uh uh Ohio State player ended up on the cheerleaders, and I saw you, Paul, and I was like, I was just right there. 
Yes, and it, 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 it uh, happened just a couple seconds earlier. I was getting ready to throw Jody Dimling's laptop out in front of her, <laughs> which probably could have served two excellent purposes indeed. No, anyway, no. <laughs> enough on that. Let's not get me into any more trouble I'm in already. <laughs> It's good to hear from Derek. Jared in the house. Jared, of course, has been Mr. Photographer lately at, at, at both of these events and certainly two marked atmospheres and attitudes. And Jared has got very good at, at lip reading coaches. Uh, we won't go into too much detail on that, but uh, certainly has some interesting stories to tell about how coaches react to certain officials' calls. Yeah. I was reconnecting my headphones there to try and get rid of a little static going on. But, yeah, been busy with all sorts of uh, sports. And with the exception of volleyball, we're finally through fall sports, which has been kind of a relief as the colder weather comes. Yeah. But as you kind of hinted at there with reading, uh, lip reading some coaches on what they say, uh, something that can't be repeated on air without us getting flagged. But the one thing we're just there. there. All I gotta that do is all, all I gotta do is put the explicit tag on the episode. It's pretty easy. Right. Just one button I click. I don't, I don't mark them as as made for children for YouTube. So, <laughs> but the uh, coach was fortunate not to uh, receive a technical foul during this event for what they said. But we'll we'll leave it at that. But uh, it's understandable that this coach has plenty of stuff. At least you get to in in the the week of a bit of good news is the cards certainly looked quite good against Sanford there so that was fun for you tonight maybe a little tougher test as well I think we'll talk about against Purdue perhaps the cards do have a win over them but we'll see what it is it's also very tough to beat a team a second time in a season so we'll find out how that goes for Louisville but uh also have Jeff in the house. Jeff and I were talking a little bit before the broadcast. He's certainly very excited about what volleyball has done so far. And uh, what's going on with you, man? Uh, you know, not bad. Uh, just kind of a – it's been a week. Uh, mixed, mixed bag at work. Uh, good, bad. Otherwise, uh, it's it's done. So that's good. Um, you know, obviously excited for volleyball getting into tournament it's it's exciting time of the year it's a little bit bittersweet always uh because it's you know it's like uh, it's almost over though right so that's that's never a a, a great there's always a little bit of a tang to the the enjoyment of it but uh yeah um enjoying it uh great great event last night we'll talk about that more uh god looks like probably a pretty good match set up for tonight and uh you know, just looking at the tournament overall, we've got a few few upsets going on. Not too many yet, but some going on um, that make it uh, just that much more interesting to follow. It's, it's, I'm having fun. As far as your actual seating for the event over in the LNFCU, we did not see you on the screen. At least I did not last night leading the cards cheers. So are you in a different locale than yes. you are? Yes. Yeah, because these aren't season tickets these are you know randomly allocated well these were randomly seemingly randomly allocated um as part of the pre-sale um i'm actually on the other side of the arena from where i normally am uh which kind of put a damper on things and also not i'm kind of kind of underneath where the the main cameras are so uh not as visible in that respect which i'm not gonna complain about (laughs) 
Well, you're in the house for sure. Oh, yeah, I was there. I was I was cheering. We were doing the cheer. Um, it got a little tough. It, I, I, I gotta say the the crowd felt like towards the end of that match, like it was getting a little bit bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> which you know, it's not completely crazy. It's a kind of understandable. It was kind of a thumping of a game. So yeah, you kind of just felt bad. Yeah, I, I can see where one versus sixteen seeds can can cause that. Okay, sure. But yeah. you know, you're in the NCAA tournament. I don't think boredom yeah. should be the you know primarily the the, the main emotion going on in the yeah. arena. I mean, you know, hey, you know, you've got a chance to cut the field in half here. Let's get excited. But yeah, technically not a sixteen seed, by the way. But yeah, because they okay. only seed one day eight. In yeah, each bracket, right? One to eight in each bracket. Oh, okay. And so. then the other half of the teams, the, the past have only done the first top sixteen seeds overall, uh, but then the rest of them are actually placed geographically, pretty heavily geographically. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not necessarily that Sanford was the worst team in the the whole region uh, coming into this or perceived that way. But so it is a completely different scenario than it is for yeah. women's basketball and seeding right. for that tournament then more yeah. like uh baseball and softball i guess yeah yes that's makes no so, sense to me and appears to be very stupid but other than that we'll go with it <laughs> well it's it's if trying a... to minimize travel for teams as well oh, yes let's worry about that yeah, uh, yeah you know it's 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 an issue for some schools so uh, it's the NCA at their finest again. Yeah. We've got a great system in these two sports. Let's screw it up for volleyball <laughs> and try this. Yes, that'll make us very popular amongst the fan base. It's all uh, about amount of investment, you know. You it, it, the, the the geographic placement is intended for at least most teams to be able to to just bus to locations for, at least for the first two rounds, um, and then all bets are off a little bit beyond that, but to minimize the amount of flights they have to take, because that, that does start getting expensive for some of these programs that maybe don't have, you know, the wealth of resources that we do. So, well, there you have it then. Okay. We'll see what happens. And when they get down to the 16, the sweet 16, perhaps the NCAA will throw something else out there, even more and more bizarre. Yeah. If you're, you know, falling within your first name being between an A and an L, you will not play at home regardless of where you are seated. Yeah. You will have to go to the M versus Z school. You, you know me. I'm the last person to stand up for logic with the NCAA. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm merely explaining here what they do, not necessarily advocating yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, certainly so. That is kind of a – but then again, it is the NCAA, so I suppose I should take that into my rationale thought of yeah. it. Uh, as for me, well, it's been a very interesting week. We finally did end up testing negative on COVID uh, last week, and then Sonia comes home from work the other day, sneezing and hacking and coughing, and now she has some type of respiratory infection. Not COVID. We did test that. She did not get it a second time, but something going on, uh, upper respiratory or cold or something, but she's... Uh, She's down for the count, so I'm having to be Bachelor Paul this weekend. Yay. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Uh, Tell her we hope it, she feels better. Yeah, I certainly will. And once she wakes up and regains consciousness, I'll let her know that. She'll grow probably and go, roll for, go back to sleep. 
But anyway, so that going on, but we have a, a lot of good things to talk about today. We kind of have a pre-show discussion. We're going to go with the bad before we get to the good today as far as the topics we're going to talk about. But before any of that, we're going to bring in Case to give us scheduling and Twitter. And so it is your ball now. Take it. You got it. Um, it is still pretty thin uh, as we have moved into winter. Um, we still have volleyball, which is not on all of the schedules because that would be presumptive, but it is on today's match. Um, they're taking on Purdue at 6 p.m. That is in the LNN Federal Credit Union Arena. I don't know if you can get tickets. That probably would be unlikely. Um, there's a sh- there's a shot as like Tennessee two teams leave, and yeah. Stanford. Yeah, th- it, they would be on the secondary market. But yeah. yeah, that one is on ESPN Plus, uh, just like last night's was. Two all day events going on today. Uh, swimming is in the the final day of the Toyota U.S. Open. Uh, that's in Greensboro, and track opens their indoor season um, with the Commonwealth College opener at the Norton Sports and Learning Complex. Uh, men's basketball takes on Miami. They open conference play tomorrow at 1 in the Yum Center. And women's basketball takes on MTSU um, on the road at 5 p.m. That one is also on ESPN+. Plus. So get uh, get a lot out of your subscription this weekend, it appears. Now, Kate, I do have a question. Is that a 5 p.m. Central Standard Time or Eastern? I believe it would be Eastern because it's listed on the schedule here as 5. I think that all the times listed here are Eastern. Generally, they are. Conflicting reports on that, that it's a 6 o'clock game. Uh, I'll check the ESPN app real quick, and it'll tell me. If it's it's on the go-card site, they always post stuff in the Eastern time. Yeah, the ESPN app says 5 p.m. So outstanding at 5 p.m. it'll be then. Yeah. Um, Monday is a day off. Tuesday, women's basketball is back in action again. They're taking on um, SIUE, which I believe that's Southern Illinois, Southern Indiana, Evansville, right? Yes, Southern Illinois at oh, uh, Southern University. Yes, Southern Illinois University. Yes, it is. Edwardsville. It wouldn't be Southern Indiana, Evansville, because Evansville is its own school. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that one's Guess a... Guess you could have multiple there, but I don't think I think that's ISUE. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> could I buy your valve and possibly trade it in? Yeah. It's like consonants. AEIOU University. Um, yeah. That's at 7 p.m. That's in the Yum Center. Uh, no video listed, but presumably ACC Network Extra uh, since it's a home game. Uh, Wednesday is an off day. Thursday, nothing on the calendar, but that is the presumptive date, uh, we think, for Sweet 16. I think, well, all of them are 8th and 10th, right? Yes. Yeah. So that would be a Sweet 16 matchup day for Louisville if they win tonight in volleyball. Uh, we think that might be noon based on what we've heard, but uh, that would probably be determined after um, yeah, today's tomorrow. Yeah, after today's matches yeah. are all wrapped up. Yep. Uh, Friday's an off day for everybody, and Saturday would be an Elite Eight match if Louisville makes it that far, and men's basketball taking on uh, Florida State in Tallahassee at 1 p.m. So that gets us through the schedule, like I said, kind of thin. <laughs> yep. 
There's a pretty uh, decent chance that Elite Eight, Eight match could be versus Nebraska, so that could be a really big match. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sweet 16 would be versus Baylor. That's already determined. Yeah, that's determined, yeah. Uh, as for Twitter, I tweet as at best case scenario, BST case scenario. Polly is at Cardinal Couple. Uh, Jeff is at Card Couple Radio and at Jeff McAdams. Jared's at Mr. Anderson Jared. Daryl is at Daryl Faust 4. And you can uh, check out the right side of the Cardinal Couple website for the Twitter widget with all of the accounts of UofL women's athletics teams. And I guess, in all fairness, we should ask Daryl if Lulu has a website yet or no. <laughs> Twitter information or anything on there. We're working on it. We're in the training phase, but I, I believe we're going to go the TikTok route so, once sorry. we get there. Instagram <laughs> or TikTok, probably. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok we talked about be, it. Could be a lot of fun, and I'm certain she would be a fine performer on that. We've been working on our blocking skills, um, so she could be the next volleyball soccer star. Is it blocking people on the internet or blocking people on the public board? things I throw at her very, very well. You all would, would get a kick out of it. All right. Good, good deal then. Uh, we'll move on into now. I guess a little of the meat and the bones of the show here and started out with the <clears throat> events that took place at the Cards Wednesday night at the KFCM Center basketball-wise is uh, either 15 or 18, depending on which poll you want, Louisville brought in either four or five Ohio State to play in a contest. It was part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We also found out that the ACC Big Ten Challenge was in its final year. That competition will be ending after very close to 25 years, I think, here, and it will be replaced by the ACC versus SEC challenge uh, when asked about that Jeff Walls kind of said I really don't care <laughs> and and moved on so there you go this you know what fun. I wonder if there's the potential that Lobel can play Kentucky twice in a season yeah I think he was pretty emphasis emphasis on the point that he didn't want to see that happen and he didn't want to see the Louisville Kentucky game replace you know yeah to be considered that and then uh, not playing another school. He wants to keep that separate and above, uh, and I'm pretty sure you can't feel the same way. I, 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 I suspect I if if the, we were going to play UK for the ACC-SEC Challenge, that would just be that year's matchup between the two teams. But I suspect in other years, we'll probably still play Kentucky and then play another SEC team for that challenge. So. I, I have to wonder if the SEC in particular would be keen with as many members as they'll have when Texas and Oklahoma join. <laughs> would be keen to move the U of L UK games for both um, teams. And I guess all the other ACC SEC rivalries, if they'd be keen to move those to the ACC SEC challenge, because they'll have so many conference games they have to deal with. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It also brings out the very intriguing prospect of Louisville playing Mississippi state, Sam Purcell going up against mm -hmm. Jeff Wallace. Could we see that develop? But uh, uh, yeah, the cards uh, came out for this one, and uh, Daryl was there with me. I'm gonna kind of start with you, Daryl. Uh, you saw some very, very good basketball where the cards were in this thing, and then kind of started to slide after the halftime. But in the third quarter, uh, they were still in there with a fighting chance. Then all of a sudden, man, the the tires went flat, and the car went to the sidelines. What what in the world happened here? 
Yeah, we. This is literally the game of the tale of two halves, and uh, Paul and I have some pretty good back and forth banter. If you ask me, um, just about the game, before the game, during the game, when things happen, and I think I said to you, Paul, that it feels like Louisville is still the the favorite here. You know, we're not we're ranked 18th. Ohio State is fourth in the country yet. For some reason, just Louisville's um, history and it being a home game just made it feel like uh, they should still be the favorite here. And you kind of laughed it off, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Because, you know, certainly, I mean, if you were going purely on the vibe of the crowd in the arena, certainly, yes, okay, the cards were probably, you know, the, the general consensus were the people think, oh, well, we'll beat Ohio State. They're nothing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is an Ohio State team that when, once you started looking at them and digging a little bit into their their history and their past performances this season, a very solid veteran group of ballplayers who don't really beat themselves, and it gave me a cause for concern. But, you know, yeah. then again, hey, we had Haley Lith and Morgan Jones. What could go wrong, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the first half, I mean, the cards – look like they have some control here. I mean, honestly, though, in the second quarter, they only won the quarter by a point. So it was kind of being toyed with there in the second quarter before the break. Um, so this one is just, you know, I mean, disappointing, but somewhat, I don't want to say expected, just another learning uh, opportunity for the team. Haley Van Lith comes back after taking a break in that Longwood uh, match on Black Friday, and she was out there almost the whole game again, which I think was the concern for Coach Walls was just how many minutes Haley was logging and how much the team relied on her to score. So, you know, her coming back out, she wasn't entirely um, efficient. I think she was one for six. Um so she, she was perfect at the line, but it just seems like there's a little bit of a, a kink in the flow of this offense. Um, and, and the Buckeyes were rolling. Uh, they had three players more than 20 points. They they just were able to come back against the cards and actually embarrass them. And the home crowd's not used to that. They uh, were pretty quiet in the fourth quarter, and I, I was actually um, – like just wondering like what do we do after this game are we supposed to clap uh the band started playing the the fight song and it was just kind of awkward it it looked like the cards totally ran out of gas they were just deflated in that fourth quarter and and they just couldn't do nothing could go their way um so so now the team um is five and three and and you know where it's december just started we're not used to this so early in the season and I think whatever OSU coach Kevin McGuff said at halftime probably needs to be reserved, preserved and bottled and brought out again because they came out in the second half and went on an 11-0 run. Yes. Boom, right out, of, right out of the gate. So uh, that's a and very, Jared, very scary proposition. Jared let us know that um, their big player, I, I could not even pronounce her name. Um, I'm not even going to try. Uh, number 23 was experiencing some, some cramps there in the first and second quarter break. So uh, he noticed that, and she came out with a few minutes off the clock in the second quarter. And, you know, um, they just – the cards were able to go on a, a run here and there, but just not enough 
um, to outlast the, in the entire game. Yeah, and, and when you take a look at it, and I think I'll give my shot at this. I, I was calling her Rebecca most of the game because it was her first name. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Makusa Lova or Kova. Makusa Lasakova. Miku Lasakova. There's only one S. Only one S. We're, we're going to put Case in charge of that name for the rest of the broadcast. Hey. And whenever we have a question about it, we will go, Case. What's her name again? When Eastern European names are uh, phonetic, it's okay. When they're not phonetic, that's when things get, yeah. get scary. Uh, interesting on this aspect, too. And, and Jared, I'll. I'll, I'll I'll go to you on this one. They played basically with six players this whole game against us. Uh, they had a, a a starter that played only five minutes in McMahon, but they had six players out there for the majority of this thing, and only six players that were kind of interchanging with each other. And uh, they they were a very precise and a very very disciplined team, in my opinion, who played excellent defense, and, and they just kind of looked at us in the second half and said, you know what? Hey, we're number four. You're number 18. We're taking this thing over now. And it looks like I've lost Jared. <laughs> He's probably still working with his microphone. Yeah. Um, broke it. But okay. yeah, I, I agree with you. On I'll, that. I'll go to you on that then, Case. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I was, there was what stood out to me when I was looking back at the box score. And you look beyond that they had so few players play um taylor thierry fouled out in only 22 minutes so um of those six primary contributors really it was, it was five for a lot of the game with a player in foul trouble and that's just not what you expect uh you don't expect a just 27 point deficit in the second half when or by a team that is uh, playing so few players. Uh, usually you're going to, with a team like Louisville that has historically been a running team and, and likes to to take advantage of the fact that they can get fresh legs and interchange a lot of players, you would think that they'd have a significant advantage in the latter portion of uh, a game against a team that is playing with a really thin bench, but it just wasn't the case uh, in this one. And um, for a team that wants to play with uh, a short bench, it can really work if you've got players that can stay in the game flow. If they're conditioned well enough to, to keep it up, then you're not breaking up that, um, like I said, that flow and, and the consistency of the team that's on the court. Um, but Louisville was unable to punish it. Uh, and really, they played a pretty short bench too. Um, outside of Marissa Russell, nobody... Uh, none of the subs played more than eight minutes so um as much as louisville as much as jeff walls was throwing players in and out it wasn't really to the benefit of of keeping fresh legs you know jeff one of the things that was also pivotal in this game was us tying it up at 65 65 early into the fourth quarter and then osu going on a 14-0 run on Louisville to kind of establish their chances of winning this is very, very likely. Uh, looking back at some of the stats, so the Cards missed 17 layups in this. Yeah. And that, that's, that's certainly something where, okay, yes, there's obviously sometimes people guarding people on layups. That's fine. Sure. So, you know, that's going to happen. But when you're attempting a shot from two feet, 
And that's usually where before most layups come from. Two feet in, and you miss 17 of those. Uh, explain that to me, please. Uh, oh. I can't. You know, that's, you know, I, it's, it, it, we've got, I, and I think you look at the overall percentages, you know, 43.5% from the field is not spectacular. It's not awful, but it's not spectacular. Um, 28.6% from three is decent, but again, not spectacular. So, uh, did all right. Free throw line, 86% or 80, sorry, 85 ish percent. Not bad. I, yeah. I mean, that is indicative of a team that's either just not playing well, just cold shooting, which can happen. Uh, or you have the, the, the opposing team is, you know, getting in their face, being aggressive, defensively altering shots, um, Force you know, having causing the team to try to force shots that they wouldn't normally take. Um, and I think there was definitely some of that. Some of it was just cold shooting, but there was definitely some trying to force some things, trying to push some things where they shouldn't have, um, you know, taking a, a quick three point shot early in the shot clock when instead of running some offense, you know, uh, things like that that don't let the play develop. That it can cause problems and I, I just was it went downhill uh it felt like like quicksand a little bit like it was just kind of going down like you're getting sucked down into it and every move you make pulls you down deeper just not really how quicksand works but metaphor does something when you mentioned shooting was very very telling as well in that fourth quarter the uh cards shot only i think 25 or 28 percent in the fourth quarter OSU responded with shooting 74%. Uh, <laughs> Not a winning formula, Paul. That obviously a big factor in Louisville's demise. So uh, is Jared still out here, or do we have him back in the house with us? Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. We, we, we've got you now. Congratulations. Yeah. We're going to uh, no headphones, earbuds at all right now to see if this will temporarily solve it. Yeah, sounds we're, good. We're, we're but I think you. for the, the fourth quarter, there was a lot of force shot selection. I think yeah. uh, at that point, Louisville's kind of in a, a a panic mode and just whatever they could, they were kind of jacking up some shots. And you add on the missed layups, as well as I mentioned in postgame, roughly 17 to 19 missed layups. That certainly doesn't help. Uh, and that that's a shot that you expect to make in general. Uh, but I think it just goes back to a lot of poor shot selection, hurried shots. Uh, that's why your fourth quarter uh, shooting percentage was way down, and it helped Ohio State be able to pull on a run. Because when you look at it in kind of the bigger picture, uh, a missed shot that turns into a defensive rebound is not much different than a turnover, except that it may prevent a fast break. You, you know, in the scheme of things, so I'll throw this by you, and then maybe we'll kind of wrap up basketball after this but uh when when you're an 18 to 15 ranked team in, in the ap poll and you're playing a number four team and you get beat by them should that really be much of a surprise i think uh i don't think so i mean we we knew that ohio state was ranked fourth or fifth for a reason okay it wasn't because oh gee they're in columbus and we love everything that comes out of the big ten no they they had a very good season so far and were undefeated, uh, so I think the fan reaction and, and the general um, discussion on this thing is how could they come into our house and beat us like that? Well, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, wake up, people. They're a better team than us. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but your all thoughts on that. Was there really too much over-expectation that we were going to handle the number four team in the country like we'd handled some previous teams like Longwood and such like that? And and, and Daryl, I'll let you start it out. I think the shock is giving up almost 100 points. Um, I mean, that you'd think it would be a lot closer. Uh, Louisville has kind of really fallen in the um, the polls. It's just it's not going to help the uh, ranking committee with that kind of um, score difference. So, uh, like Jared said, the fourth quarter, they were just – the cards were just desperate. Uh, I think that's when Marissa Russell chucked her two threes and, and they were just desperation shots. So that doesn't help the, um, the stat sheet, but you would have thought this one be a little closer and the, the cards would kind of come out and, and show the committee that, you know, we're still who we are and, you know, Ohio state just happens to be the better team right now. But I do think if the two teams met up later in the season, that um, it'd be a lot closer and perhaps go the cards way. As they, as they like to say, basketball, of course, is a four-quarter game. And, uh, you know, you've got to play all four quarters fairly well. Women's basketball, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, women's yeah. basketball for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, in, in okay, ev- I'm sorry, and professional. In every and, uh, level, every <laughs> form of basketball, except for D1 men's collegiate basketball. Yeah, I don't get it. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to go there. Just, okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's where you guys want to be. That's well, you know, we got to rant about the NCAA. Live well there, you know, and the NCAA loves it. They're yeah. they're beaming from year to year. But uh, you know, Jeff, is this a great thing to worry about at this stage in the season that we lost to a, a top four team in the rankings? I don't think you have to worry about losing to the top four team in the rankings. I think you have to worry about how we looked while we did it. Um it's yeah it's there's there's still a lot to clean up on this team there's still a lot of work to be done definitely um you know are we going to be a final four team we may not you know this may not be our year and and i think our fan base is maybe a little bit spoiled to having you know one of the perennial top teams in the country for you know how many years have we really kind of been in that discussion and uh we may not be there this year we'll see um you know it's possible we could get back into that but uh, there's a lot of work to be done before we are Jared, you were there on the floor and were actually close to getting team reactions and coaching reactions and stuff like that. What were you seeing? I think the team is still just figuring out how to play together under the drip wall system. Uh, We've talked about this before, but you've got three graduate transfers that have come in. You've got several freshmen uh, that are out there playing. You've got some other players that have have had to step up and play bigger roles this year with the departure and graduation of, of several other players. And I don't think everybody's fully figured out what their role on the team is supposed to be and how to play together and anticipate where your teammates are going to be on the court yet. And that's just something the more they play together and the more they practice together should work itself out. Uh, so I'm not overly panicked when you're looking at this point of the season. Uh, if we look like this come January, maybe even February, then I'm going to have some concerns. Uh, but the, the team was not communicating well on the court yet. There is not a, a general out there, per se. No one's telling people where to go and 
and who needs to be guarding who or who needs to be in what position. And you've got the coaching staff that keeps having to step up and kind of intervene and yell at players during the middle of a play saying, hey, you need to go there. And that's just not something I feel like we're used to seeing uh, with the Louisville women's basketball team in recent years. So it's just uh, early, still kind of like developmental stage with this team. Does all that old, does that make any sense to you? It does to me. I certainly do believe that that they do need to get a little tougher, get a little more congealed. And uh, I mean, you know, in case if if you're Jeff Walls, what do you say to this team before Middle Tennessee? What do you what do you tell them? Yeah, it, it's tough. I think, like Jeff mentioned, the the way that the the manner of loss in this one is is worse than the final result. Um, you got two double-digit losses already to teams that you probably shouldn't have lost to at all. But uh, the Gonzaga game was win it overtime, and then you lose basically on uh, you lost so big basically on free throws. Um, it was a free throw fest at the end of the the South Dakota State game. This one, you know, you just went out and you got thumped uh, on your home floor. And I think if you're Jeff Walls, you just say we got to put this behind us. Um, you can learn. You got to learn from it, but you can't dwell on it. Uh, or it's gonna it's gonna carry over into multiple games. Uh, Lowell has some good opportunities against uh, Middle Tennessee State and and then SIUE to get back on their feet a little bit. Um, I think that Longwood was deceptive in the way that you're like, oh, okay, we recovered from playing South Dakota State, um, but you beat up on kind of nobody. Longwood was not a very good team, that's right? For sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this way you've got a couple of games against you know. Middle Tennessee can can be a, a scrappy team, so you've got a couple of games against reasonable teams uh, before you take on Kentucky. Um, and and I think you just, like I said, you have to just put it behind you. And put it behind is a very good apt term because as John L. Smith used to say years ago, you need to tear off the rearview mirror and move on. That's probably why he didn't drive after a couple of months tearing off that rearview mirror. No, just kidding. Uh, it is time to tear off the rearview mirror and look forward, and then hopefully they get these things straightened out. Experience is a great teacher, but I think the cars learned a very sufficient and good enough lesson in this game, and now they need to move forward with the rest of their season. Let's hope they can do that. Let's leave basketball and head over to cross campus, over to the LNFCU, where they play with a different type of ball, with a different type of net, and much better results. Let's go to volleyball. Yes, the cards in the NCAA tournament opening up against Samford. Uh, Jeff, you were out there for this one. A three-step sweep for Louisville. And, uh, you know, it had to be kind of a fun event for the fans, I think. But, uh, you know, it was, hey, you're, you're winning, you're advancing, you're moving on. Yeah, and that's the name of the game, uh, win, and, win and advance. Uh, it, this was a quick match, uh, three sets. It was 70, 75 minutes, barely over an hour, right? Uh, yeah. it's, it was a very quick match, So, uh, which is what happens when you have a pretty lopsided uh, match like that. Um, with all due respect to Samford and their fans and the crowd were wonderful and supportive of their team. Uh, and you know, credit to them for that. But uh, yeah, this was this was never really in much doubt uh, the outcome of this one. Uh, cards came out looking good. Uh, faltered a little bit in the third set. I think maybe got a little complacent as things were going on. Uh, it felt like the crowd did too. Like I said earlier, it felt like the crowd kind of almost got bored. So uh, 
but uh yeah good good match uh good showing by um Iko jones had had some a great stat line uh claire chassel had a great stat line uh kind of spread around some others uh yeah it's good you know what he says first round the ncaa aren't typically all that competitive um and that's what this was so and, and it was a case of rounding up the usual suspects so to speak yeah. in this win Ico jones as you mentioned did quite well in this match as well uh claire chasse obviously had a very very big night uh and then amaya tillman and okay all oh, you know, we've seen great things out of them all season long. We continue to see great things out of them. So, uh, Jared, he was pretty much going out there and kind of putting the record on and dancing, right? It wasn't that hard to do, was it? Yeah, I think it was a nice, easy cruise to win there. Uh, not have to exert too much energy that today would be any type of concern for fresh legs or exhaustion, which is great, seeing as Purdue was in a tight battle with Tennessee right before Louisville went on. Uh, so that obviously can work in our favor, but also if you ever have any concerns about tournament jitters, which uh, can certainly happen, uh, being able to blow out a team in the first round just to be able to get any type of that out of the way and be able to settle in is nice and easy. I mean, it was Raquel's first time with Louisville in the tournament, and you've got Paige Morningstar first time. She got to see some playing time in the tournament. Uh, so just some players that haven't, been with the cards in postseason before on the court. Uh, got their chance to kind of get the feel for it early on. Easy win. So today uh, I'm feeling pretty good about just because of how well we looked and played yesterday and and how quick and easy we got through it. Yeah, I, I hope that things will go as well against Purdue as they did obviously against Sanford. But, but, but Daryl, this is a team in Louisville that, that hadn't played for I think what is eight or nine nine days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're obviously you've got to worry about maybe there's a little rust there, but they certainly didn't show anything like that at all. And they looked very, very focused and looked like they were playing very, very clean. Uh, certainly, you know, I think that Louisville has got this thing down to where they just go in and if they plug the right pieces into the right sequence, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. I'm so glad you brought this up for me because, um, you were able to catch it um, on the broadcast, correct? Yes. I wasn't sure if you also heard the commentator's comment on Louisville not playing for nine days. Do you remember what he said? Uh, I didn't really. I just kind of heard it and said, well, you know, okay, maybe that's true. But this is Louisville, you know. All right. So uh, since you guys were at the match, I'll, I'll let you know what they said. So the commentator um, was pitching up a a, a – a, a storyline to his analyst there two points or not even two points one point into the match his his comment to his partner was hey so and so um this Louisville team hasn't played for nine days the Sanford team went through their conference tournament um do you think that'll have any effect on the way Louisville plays and keep in mind this is one point into the match um he couldn't even finish his sentence before the cards notched their second point but he <laughs> He his comment was is that Louisville has been sitting on the couch for nine days while Sanford was playing in a conference tournament. And I, I just you know, I I was in the kitchen when it first started and I walked in the room like, first of all, it's two points into the match. Um, I don't appreciate this this storyline you're running with. And why do you think they were sitting on the couch? This is a number one seed in this tournament 
that has earned their um let's call it a break and i'm sure they weren't just sitting there i i think that they have their own routines um to get ready for the postseason um this is the um sixth or seventh season for coach busman kelly she's finally getting into a a rhythm and and she's proven that she's taken she can take this team to the postseason and, and deep into it i think that it was just a just rude comment to say that Louisville's sitting on the couch for nine days because it's very obvious that they weren't um they established dominance very early in the match and it didn't let up at all i kind of felt sorry for sanford and i think i put it in the group chat they were just slow um they they just do not play the the caliber of competition that louisville does and i mean you just kind of felt bad for them um louisville put it on them and they could not get to where they needed to, to be fast enough and that's the that's my uh, uh analysis of the the match it's just louisville found the the gaps really well and Sanford was not able to recover. So I'm, I'm curious how Steph responded to that. Steph can't wait. It was the color. She didn't say anything she she didn't, yeah. because yeah. the colors just notched their second I, point. And he goes, well, I suspect that didn't go over real well with her. But. No. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather sit on my hands for uh, nine days being 27 and two and winning my conference than going exactly. 19 and 10 and have to win my conference tournament to make the, the NCAA yeah. tournament. But that was my point. Me. It was like, well, they <laughs> like, spent all season to get to this little, let's call it a break. Steph, Steph does a really great job of color, but she is yeah, a UofL alumna. I would have uh, loved to see her smirk on her face. Right? Sure she just was like, oh, the you want to talk about everybody? <laughs> well, it's easy to, very true, to twist it. it. You, you could twist that in the card's favor and just say it's a good time to yeah, be get some rest and get a break. I mean, we, we saw a couple injuries here throughout the season, and Anna Beer was still recovering, and Raquel Lothro, uh kind of had the, a minor thing going on and you'll see other stuff you just get banged up throughout the season and during practice having a uh, kind of a stretch like that allows the team to kind of rest up heal up and get past any nagging injuries bumps and bruises and get physically, going to the tournament physically and mentally jared because i think mentally the team gets to go home for thanksgiving be with their family and just their morale just get them motivated um to come back and and put this thing away yeah, absolutely. And even during that nine-day stretch, they were practicing and doing film, but there was a, a day, and I don't know if you get to see some of it on social media, but the players had posted where the coaching staff surprised the team with Manny petties. So they nice. took a day off from practicing and just did a nice team bonding activity that's a lot more relaxing and fun and lifts their spirits. Well, I think that's the awesome. other thing that's asinine about that statement is that literally none of the Power Six conferences play conference tournaments. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, almost like half the teams in the tournament have not played in nine days. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I think the difference is that there are some teams that play uh, in, in, and even in, even in the ACC, we saw teams playing uh, Friday and even Saturday Instead after Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 We did have a longer gap than most. And somebody remind me why we don't have a conference tournament. Somebody asked me and I could not remember. It's probably again, cost and, yeah, it was cost. The, the, the schedule being as large as yeah. it is, too. Darryl. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, 15, and you play everybody twice teams. and all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you're you're giving all your teams two more matches. I guarantee two more matches, as opposed to if you have an ACC tournament where some teams may be one and out, or if we did a condensed ACC tournament where some teams don't qualify. At least some of these yeah. 
teams and players have two more matches in them, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Certainly, I think one of the things we can hope for is that we don't get this guy back again tonight, but we probably <laughs> will. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, if you, hey, you have some very, very good play-by-play announcers who have done a little yeah. volleyball in the past. Sean Moth comes to mind immediately. He's one of the best yeah. at play-by-play mm-hmm. that I can think of in any sport. And he did a great job with volleyball. Perhaps he was unavailable. Which, which, can, which would you prefer, a good play-by-play or a good color? Well, I, do, I want both. Yeah, well, you know, but that it doesn't, doesn't seem to be, to be your option that, right now. <laughs> does, it, does it seem to be either or? Does it have to be either well, or? Can't we could, get two good quality and answers in there? Who well, did you have on the color ball? with Sean? Yeah. Think about that. What? Who did you have with color on with Sean? Think about that. Well, that's the case, too. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I won't go and belittle yeah. her any more than I've already belittled her in the past years. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully she's having a lot of fun trying to find balls on the fifteenth woods. Yeah. Yeah. We will get okay. uh, when we get into uh, presuming we advance, of course, the uh, and play by play color for third and fourth rounds and on will be more the kind of the let's say air quote higher level uh, ESPN announcers coming in. So the generally... we can certainly hope so, yeah. and we'll hope that Katie George appears too. Yeah, shout out Katie George. I think it's her birthday today. Is it? And if it is, congratulations yeah. to her for making it another year. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> yeah, according to doing Facebook, well. It yeah. Love Katie to death and hope that she gets to be in and on some of these cardinal broadcasts for volleyball down the road. But you're right. It was, it was a pretty easy set. But I said, uh, win for the cards. You know, when you take a look at the actual breakdown on this thing. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they kind of cruise their way through this thing pretty easily against a, a Sanford team, which, you know, eh, 25-9, 25-13, 25-12. So, uh, really no major challenge offered by Stanford in this. Uh, but I'm looking here again. Here's another Saturday, December 3rd at 6 p.m. They're going to host Purdue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Purdue, on the other hand. They had a bit of a battle here, kids. Tennessee was not willing to go home very, very early and actually had a 2-1 set lead on the Purdue Boilermakers before Purdue won a nail-biting four set 25-22 and then won the fifth set 15-11 to to advance. So uh, let's talk about, once again, the fatigue factor here, Daryl. Let's bring this back into it. Jared, let's bring this back into it. Purdue's got to be tired after that five-set win, okay? The cards, I think, were fairly rested. What kind of difference is this going to make in tonight's match? Go ahead, Daryl. Go ahead, Jared. <laughs> oh, I've thrown were one out there that neither one wants. Okay. Were you there, Jared, for this one, or were you still coming from art? Yeah, I got there to, to watch the fifth set. I watched the first three and a half at home, and when I could tell that the fourth set could go either way, I started making my – way down to LNN Federal Credit Union Arena. And, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue seems well in control in the fifth set. However, any other set in that match, it seemed like Tennessee had more momentum. It was just a few points go this way or that way for you in, the, in a set, and it can really make a big difference. But I think the fact that you have to draw that match out for so long, two and a half hours, five yeah. full sets, and mm-hmm. for Purdue... Th- when they won their second and third sets, they were both close. It was like 25-22, 25-23 realm. So it's not like they were cruise control for those. 
so I think there was a lot more, I guess, nerves that you've got to put in running on adrenaline. Uh, those extra sets is a lot more on your legs when you're constantly having to move around, jump up and down. Uh, so I think they are going to show just a little bit of fatigue because you don't often see where volleyball will play back-to-back days other than some of those early season, what you could call like round-robin events. Uh, typically, you'll see where there's a rest day in between. So I think Purdue yeah. playing that five-setter while you've all played, I guess you could argue, so you've all played three sets, even though it didn't even feel like that much. No, it didn't. It's, it's gonna, it works well in you favor for this one. Yeah, and, and go ahead. And I think if it is a four or five setter match today, I think you're going to see more and more fatigue show on Purdue's side the longer we go, if we go that long. Yeah, and my comment is just looking at the um, the stats sheet afterwards. Um, they have freshman Eva Hudson who who led the team. She had 23 kills and 14 digs. I mean, if she's just a freshman, she's probably not as conditioned as a, a Claire Chasse, and she's six one and. You know, she probably is not um, as experienced as the rest of the cards might be in the postseason. So, I mean, that's a stat that jumps out to me. And just her uh, class also makes me think that she will probably not be as efficient um, for just being out there as long as they did. As I mean, five sets is um, exhausting. And um, to do it or to have to come back out the next day and face the number one seed and their home court, just seems like a recipe for um, just success for the cards. It was earlier in the year that the cards did defeat Purdue in three sets oh, yeah. uh, back in early September. So I guess it brings up the question of familiarity versus revenge, mm-hmm. which factor will be predominant in tonight's match. Uh, certainly the cards know how to beat this team. They did it pretty handily earlier in the year. But uh, did Purdue kind of take that to heart and say, hey, not again. We've learned from our loss. Look at Louisville. Interesting dilemma here, Jeff. What do you think about this? Yeah, so familiarity cuts both ways, right? I mean, and it's not just this season that we played them once this season. We've played Purdue a lot over the years. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at least once uh, for the past four years. Uh, this will be the second <laughs> meeting this year. But, uh, you know, familiar with the team, familiar with the coaching styles. Uh, you know, I've, I've always said you never want to take a team coached by someone with the last name Shondell for granted. Uh, and Dave Shondell has a, has a, you know, has had a long-term good program at Purdue. They're, never, they're not always in the absolute top echelons, but they're always good. And you have to be aware of them. I think Purdue started out this season a bit overrated. Uh, they started out, what, around ninth ranked, I think. And now they're down That's to... what they were uh, when we played them, yeah. Yeah, now they're down around 19th, uh, 18th, 19th, something like that. So, I mean, they really had... Um, yeah, they were, I mean, maybe they were lower, one of the yeah. eight seeds, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they are, the coaches, Paul, yeah. But they're definitely, have, have dropped a lot over the season. They were uh, perennial uh, residents of the Volley Talk upsets thread uh, because they kept getting upset all season. Uh, so... Yeah, they really dropped. I think it, kind of the shine has come off of my I wonder if maybe they had a little bit of that at Big Ten aura reflected on them, and people are kind of realizing, eh, maybe not. They're, they're maybe not as good as we thought they would be. So, um, Purdue twenty seventh in RPI for the record. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think Louisville comes out and plays the game. If they come out and play the game that we know they can play, I say this a lot, but if they come out and play the game they know that they can play, they're going to beat this team. 
uh, that's, I don't think there's much question that that if they come out strong and play play a strong game, you're going to beat that team. The worry is, you know, taking it for granted. I, I know the the team generally uh, and the staff, I think, also would have preferred to play Tennessee because of the you know lack of familiarity there. But uh, and, and Tennessee probably was just not the not the better team. But um, it, you know. I don't. I don't think there will be a huge challenge in this, but just can't, just can't let complacency set in. Like I think it kind of was towards the end of the match last night a little bit. I know there had to be a significant amount of disappointment too, by you, Jeff, and knowing that Tennessee would not be around, so their marvelous pep band <laughs> could keep you entertained yes. all night long. Uh, <laughs> I've always, I've always said, you know, hell must be. Perpetually Tennessee versus Michigan game. So you have Rocky <laughs> Top and Hail the Victors constantly. Oh. Yes, indeed. It's not too hard to join the Tennessee band. You only need to learn one song. Yeah, your own. They they career. did play some other songs, and they sounded pretty good. I got you know you got to give them credit. They sounded, but yeah, it's, there was a lot of Rocky Top. So not being a big fan of that particular oh. tune, I can agree with you fully on that. So yeah. Let's go ahead. But perhaps Purdue. Will, Bring in a pep band. Did they have one there last night? I did. They did not. Okay. Uh, other fish to fry then, I guess, in Purdue's case. Yeah. Perhaps they will hire a local high school band to come in and represent them, right? Well, their do band is probably in Indianapolis, right? Uh, Purdue's in the Big Ten Championship game. Oh, and that, if that be the case then, more paired. Um, hail to the Boilermakers. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so, you know, taking a look at this, the cards obviously – would head down to the KFC Yub Center if they win tonight. Uh, the difference in the venues, Jeff, let me start with you real quick on this, playing from uh, obviously a smaller arena to the big cavern that is the KFC Yub Center. How is that going to affect us? Man, it's going to be a really, really different environment. Uh, obviously, the worry going into something like the KFC Yub Center is that the crowd is going to – you worry that the crowd will feel lost, right? I mean, we played down there for five or six years, regular seasons, and that's that's what happened. We would draw 1,500, 2,000 people, and it would feel like the place was empty. Um, you know, that's a big part of why we moved back to what's now the LNN Federal Credit Union Arena in order to make it a little closer, a little louder, a little, uh, little more enthusiastic. I don't think that's going to be the worry. <laughs> uh, you know, you look at this bracket and who's coming this way. We got Baylor coming this way. We got Nebraska's decided coming this way. And we're going to have either Arkansas or Oregon. Oregon travels fairly well if they are, and they are the favored team in that. Arkansas is close enough. They may travel fairly well. I don't know. We may sell this place out. <laughs> um, but I think the problem there is that you may sell it out with opponents. Right. Like it's, exactly. If we're talking about a potential midweek game on Thursday against Baylor, everybody that travels is off work. And everybody right. that's local is not unless they right. take off right. work and they're yeah, less I, inclined to do so. Absolutely. That's, that's a very good point. And uh, it's, that's going to be a little tough, but there's still the, the energy in there, even if it's not directed towards you, there's still some, and I think that will help, but at least it's not going to feel empty. And I think that's a big part of it. Louisville has played down there. Louisville turned out 8,000 this season, right? When they yeah. turned out nine thousand for yeah. Notre Dame match. Uh, uh, Jared's been down there. Jared was at that event. I could ask Jared this question. Where would you rather shoot an event, Jared? Oh, you uh, center. center. Oh, absolutely. At the light, well, from a photographer's standpoint, the lighting is a lot better. There's more room to move around for angles and and shots 
down at the M Center. Uh, I thought the energies we all uh, just kind of mentioned the 9,000 plus against Notre Dame, and you have to think that's a was a Wednesday. It was a weeknight yeah. against the Notre Dame team who was below 500, so there wasn't much incentive to go for a match like that. But the crowd still turned out anyways. You're looking at tournament time or a, a one seed. There's a lot on the line once you get there, especially if you can get to Saturday, the chance for another Final Four appearance. I think U of L fans are going to turn out. They're frustrated yeah. with men's basketball. They've been frustrated with football. Uh, there's a few fans that are frustrated with women's basketball. I was going to say, they might get frustrated with women's basketball. Yeah, I do. So, I mean, you're, they're looking for a Louisville team that's has a high rate of success and uh, can feel optimistic about, well, right now I think you need to look for right towards the volleyball team for that. So fans yeah. are really going to want to show up and, and turn out for this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if Uvell tries to run some type of deal for students. I know NCAA has the most control, but uh, Uvell may be able to pull some strings to, to work like a student discount. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything in terms of just general fans, but I don't believe tickets are going to be all that There's, expensive. I, for also during life. finals. This is a struggle. Yeah, this yeah. is a bad time. <laughs> There's, uh, it's, there's also there's let me jump in on that real quick, Cobal. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but there's also pent up demand for volleyball. Right? Let's keep this in mind. There was a 300, 350 person waiting list for season tickets before the season started. Right? Uh, there's a pent up demand. There have been people that have been wanting to get in to see Louisville volleyball play all season long and may not have been able to do it yet. Right, so this is finally the opportunity when there should be plenty of t- tickets available for people to get in there. I've heard from many people who have been trying to get in, can't see it, can't see it, they can't wait for next weekend because they're finally going to be able to get in and, and watch them play. So, and then I'll, I'll kind of close out the discussion on volleyball on this. And uh, Daryl, where would you rather watch an event, KFC M Center, or on campus at the LFNC if it's a volleyball event? I know that that match against Notre Dame this season just proved that the demand is there um, because they were show. I think Katie George did that game and they were showing her um, her highlights from when she was playing down there and it was empty. It was absolutely empty. You could hear a pin drop in that place. Um, But I mean, if the match would have been more competitive, uh, that place would have been rocking. And I'm not saying it wasn't, but it it was just so impressive to see more than 9,000 people for a regular season volleyball match. And um, it just shows that this this brand and this sport is growing. And if I had to pick, I'm going Yum Center because I think that they can get 3,000 a night. And then for those big matches, they can they can get 10 in there. So I, I'm I'm all about getting as many people as possible and letting these players feel the energy and and feel the support um, while they're literally giving everything they can for the the program and the university. That's that's so very big as well, and you know, I'll end it up by saying you know if we could have the ideal situation to play in arena wise, you know, I, I go back to earlier this year when we were up to Kentucky at Memorial Coliseum. Yeah, Even though it was primarily a UK crowd up there, that place was bonkers. Mm-hmm. If you could get maybe four size. or five thousand people into an arena with that type of cardinal energy, that could be a whole lot of fun. 
the, the, the answer, the question here, to, and I don't really have the answer to it, is where in this town do you find that kind of arena to play in? Well, you don't. You have to build it. Yeah. We'll own some land. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that, that's then, a big I've enough lot. Land is there, two. but it's it's expensive to build. Big, yeah. A big enough lot that would fit a five to ten thousand person arena for a yeah. dual sport situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the other thing is yeah. just just having it on campus was a huge thing for for them moving it back to LNN and just that campus atmosphere. So yeah. that's another big thing that you you got to consider. Let's hope that these changes can come up down the road. Currently, we have a very nice parking lot over there where they're putting rental cars and all other different places next to the soccer stadium. Not saying that that would be an ideal place to put no, a volleyball place. arena, it but is. certainly <laughs> I hope that our new president might take these things into concern and possibly even call Jared to ask his opinion on it. You know, <laughs> he got my, my opinion would be to have a generous donation from Cardinal Couple to name it the Cardinal Couple Arena. Yeah. I think we can scrounge together seven dollars. Yes, <laughs> and certainly we can just tap into Jeff's faster resources to get that naming right. Yeah. We'll get the Cardinal Couple uh, honorary seat. It'll be located <laughs> yeah. in the nosebleed section in the worst <laughs> worst view in the house. Certainly, so we will, we will be able to handpick our own announcers for those who are watching at home. That's right. All rights and reservations to Cardinal Couple. Right. Let's hope that happens, but <laughs> I don't see it. All right, it's been a great discussion today. Uh, let's go ahead and roll into some final thoughts here. Uh, let's go ahead and start with UK's final thoughts. Uh, I don't have to worry about much more World Cup because the U.S. men's team was thoroughly embarrassed by Netherlands today. So yeah. uh, hope, hopefully, in 2026, they can make a move toward getting out of or getting to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2002. Um, they got out of great place. Yeah, you know, you, you take what you can get. But uh, yeah. on the on the women's side, um, I think that um, looking forward to seeing what this volleyball team can do, and we'll just keep holding on to hope that uh, eventually they will they'll build that stadium. I mean, they're they're or arena. They're currently putting lipstick on a pig, in my opinion. With uh, LNN, it was designed to be a practice court. Um, and and uh, that's how it still feels in its bones. So uh, we'll, we'll hope for a better place to play for multiple sports. Indeed, we will. Uh, Daryl, final thoughts? Um, Just piggyback off the case. I let everyone know that I am um, boycotting the World Cup because it should have been a United States World Cup and FIFA is a corrupt organization. And mm -hmm. yeah, so there's my thought on that. And then... Also, just another social issue is that uh, we still need to bring Brittany Griner home. I'm not a huge Brittany Griner fan, but I just I'm really worried she's going to be forgotten. And that is just a scary, scary thought. And it, again, I've said it before. She's I mean, if she was a, a Tom Brady, this would not be happening. So just bring Brittany home. Uh, I have to agree 100 percent there. Let's bring Brittany home for sure. Jared, final thoughts? Yeah, without wanting to look too far ahead and look past Purdue tonight, uh, I think Baylor would be a actually a fairly tough matchup for us on Thursday uh, and could potentially be a trap game as Louisville would eagerly look forward to Nebraska on Saturday. Uh, so just kind of one of those. Make sure to take 
each game at a time when you get to tournament play because there's no, oops, we messed up. We'll turn around and get them next game because it's do or die time. Yes, indeed. And let's certainly hope that we get to talk about that next week. Things that have happened in the KFCM Center involving the Cardinals, both volleyball efforts. And uh, Jeff, final thoughts? Yeah, I mentioned earlier uh, that I thought that Sanford uh, volleyball crowd was was uh, you know, great fans. Um, I wanted to shout out uh, one specific moment. Uh, it was late in the third set. Uh, Sanford had already used both of its timeouts, and it was like three points from the match being over, and it, there was no doubt about the outcome. Uh, the Sanford coach uh, called a challenge and pretty clearly weren't going to win the challenge, but uh, wanted to take a moment. And uh, the Sanford fan base, who I was sitting right next to just by chance, um, during the challenge, it was a long challenge, it was a longer challenge than I thought it really deserved. But uh, during the challenge, the Sanford fan base all ended up getting up and just cheering really loudly, like, you know, uh, supporting their team uh, and, and cheering them on despite clearly that this was going to be the end of, of their run for the season. So uh, just a great moment. I thought it was uh, a great show of, of uh, support uh, from a great fan base. So just shout them out on that. Absolutely. So even if you're getting beat, if your fan base is showing you love, it's got to make a program feel. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect there were some players on the court that maybe had some tears in their eyes. Yeah. Oh, certainly. So as far as me, I'm going to, uh, with with all the excitement that is going on with these two sports, I'm going to take you all away for that for my final thoughts. I'm going to go to field hockey and Katie Snyder as graduate Katie Snyder was named the recipient of the 2022 Go Teach Dr. Pepper Tuition Giveaway Award announced by the ACC uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Snyder, one of 15 ACC student-athletes to get this award in connection with the Subway F Football Championships and the College Football Playoff Foundations. She'll get $2,500 on behalf of the CFP and Dr. Pepper to assist in her continued pursuit of her degree or career. So congratulations to Katie. She gave us such great moments on the field hockey uh, venues and, and was certainly a key player for the cards. And now gets this very nice very nice stipend to continue her education. So, uh, Katie, we love you when you're out there. We're going to continue to love you when you're doing your academic thing. So, you keep going, Miss Snyder. I'm proud of you. But that'll do it for us. We'll thank everybody for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour broadcast. And the podcast itself will be back next week and let you know something we don't. Until then, go Cards and let's win them all. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm -hmm.